What's up, guys? Before we get into the episode here, I want to tell you about Chad Johnson. Are you tired of paying too much for your auto, home, life, or small business insurance without having your own agent you can trust to advise you correctly? Insurance agent Chad Johnson has multiple companies to offer in these products and is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, and Iowa. So if you live in any of these Midwest states, I want you guys to call or text Chad at 417-421-2925. That's for a no obligation quote on any of your insurance needs. Let's get into the episode. Ladies and idiots. This is the Fade to Gray podcast. Everything will be aces. Let's get faded, guys. Hell yeah. He has many, and I mean many, leather-bound books on shelves made of rich mahogany. Now you've heard of gay conversion therapy. Well, this is gray conversion therapy. I think you're going to like it. I'm not braver than you. I'm just drunker than you. And you're fabulous. You deserve to be called you're fabulous. What do you think about the podcast? It sucks. Nice. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fade to Gray. One thing that's been going on in our community is we've had a little bit of a talk about women and the way they dress and how men react to that. Uh So we brought uh, Renee's wife, Natalie, uh, on. And of course, we have Lena and Elizabeth here. So it's not just a toxic masculine conversation <laughs> today about these things. Oh, so we wanted to get their perspective <laughs> and uh, have the conversation. So what do you guys think? It's not just a sausage fest, huh? Not just a sausage fest. That's right. I would like to start out with Lena because I I think <laughs> I know where she might kind of stand on this, but I would really like to be blown away if I'm wrong. Well, I think that women dress the way that they want to be approached and that if a woman is showing a lot of herself, she probably wants some kind of attention or some kind of comment on it. But is it a man's right to say, ooh, look at that body, I'm going to comment on it? I don't know if it's a man's right, but I think it should be expected that it's going to happen. I mean, if you put something out there, people are going to comment on it, on anything. So especially with your body, I mean... I do think it's definitely true that some women are looking for attention from certain men and not from others. So I guess they have the right and other men don't. Elizabeth, babe, did you want to say anything about that? I think I'm going to let the ladies first. I mean, I have thoughts and opinions, I guess, but I want to hear some other perspectives. Okay, so I have a hard time with this one, honestly, because like women are trying to be very empowered and do whatever they want, which is fine, and I'm okay with that. But... We want our actions to not hold any consequences. And we, I feel as if oftentimes we want to just say, oh, we can dress however we want and we want men to treat us like gentlemen, no matter how we dress. And I'm not sure that's really possible, honestly. I don't think it's realistic. And because any other action that we have has consequences. So why is it that the way we dress doesn't have consequences either one way or the other bad or good doesn't really matter right yeah it's almost like a dude walking around in. could could you imagine a dude walking around in yoga pants and you could see his bulge clearly because that is that is essentially what oh yeah (laughs) i like that but (laughs) bring it on as long as he's a black man (laughs) well see that's the (laughs) (laughs) yes i am race full race i am i am (laughs) 
<laughs> but can you can you imagine that it's it's the Asians same thing? Can't wear yoga pants. <laughs> no. When you when a guy sees a a nice butt, it's just like whoa, that's interesting. That's something I like. And it's the same thing if if a woman <laughs> was to see a dude in in yoga pants. So it's is that what you yes. think, Andy? When you see a, a nice ass, is whoa, that's interesting. That's something I like. That's not what I think. <laughs> I, I I think some di- some different things, but I, they're not fade to gray approved actually. <laughs> So, I do think it's important to add, though, Andy, that, I mean, there's a huge difference. And I think people jump automatically from one thing to the other. There's a huge difference between a man commenting on the way a woman looks versus him acting on any way he feels about the way she looks. So Amen, I don't ever preach. think it's never OK for a woman to be assaulted. Like right. she still has that choice of yes or no. But I do I think that sometimes when we get in this conversation, it can immediately, especially with certain groups, go from, well, you're just one step away from being sexually assaulted. And I don't think that's always the case. Well, can words be considered assault now that we're in 2019 where words are violence and people like need their safe places? Like, so if if a guy is going to comment on a girl's physique because she's like not wearing clothing and showing side boob, you know, like I think of like Joe Rogan's like, you know, just the, the shaft conversation. If you haven't seen his new special on Netflix, check it out. But like basically it's the whole idea. It's like if you dress in a way where basically you're wearing like a tiny skirt over like your baby making area, you know, and then like everything but like the dark skin of the nipple of your of your tit, you know, like how do you not? I mean, you know that every time you move a certain direction, like you're exposed and like the, there's eyes on you, you know? And it's like, so like, I guess I didn't let Natalie speak yet. So I apologize for that. Um, I was, but, um, that's okay. Yeah. Check your talking mass toxic masculinity. Omar. <laughs> you want to try that one again? I can't even say that ridiculous <laughs> word. That's <laughs> because it's but, so ridiculous. <laughs> but, but I just, I just imagine, like you said, like, you know, if a guy's doing the same thing, like, Obviously, they guys walk around with no shirt on. Or I'll think about like the Facebook pics. You know, you see the guys with their showing like their little swimmer muscles. I don't even know what you want to call it. You get six packs, and then like right before, like you're going down to the dick, and like yeah, it's, just, it's, 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 it's but it's, it's the same thing though. I mean, like like the, the, people like are gonna objectify you either way, and it's like I, I just hate when I hear like that. Don't objectify me, but it's like. You want compliments, and it's just a matter of like, if you're attractive, it's okay to give people compliments. If if you're not for some reason, then people think you're creepy and that you're a stalker. And so, so I, you're so saying a, that a, a man standard. who is attractive would probably be more accepted uh, by a woman if he gave her comments about her physique or whatever than a non-attractive man. Hundred percent, hundred percent, absolutely okay. true. Well, Natalie, what do you think? Um, well, I always say that if you're not in the business, then you shouldn't advertise. Um, so if you don't want men to approach you or say anything about you, or even women, of course, I mean, that's a thing too, then don't dress like it. But shouldn't somebody be able to dress however they want without the fear of being catcalled or they just want to be comfortable? These days, it doesn't matter what you wear. I mean, it happens either way. So I don't blame it on the outfit. What about in the Netherlands? Is this a hot topic just like it is in the United States? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, it kind of depends on where you're going, uh, different areas of the city or anything, or just when you're going out um, and you dress in a particular way. I always noticed big difference when I was just the um, emo goth girl being shy and dressed in black or I was dressed as like high heels, short skirt and yeah, I got approached differently. And, and was that something that you wanted? So like if you went out in the high heels and the short skirt and stuff, is, were you seeking attention? Not necessarily seeking, but it was nice to get some sort of confirmation and just being noticed. Hmm. Well, what if a guy came up to you and said, nice ass? That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're too shy. So keep your mouth shut. Would that be acceptable? Um, yeah, sure. Then I'd say, okay, keep looking, but I'll keep my pants on. <laughs> yeah. I know it's not a possibility because I don't have a nice ass, but if the subjective, <laughs> if I if I had, then I don't I'd know, Natalie, say... get up and show us. <laughs> give you a ring oh, no, scale here, to, uh, the gray I'm scale. Hit my hat. No, what do you think, Elizabeth? <laughs> Somebody comes up to you and says, "Nice ass." How do you take that? Like seriously. Because I usually have four kids I'm dragging around, so why the hell is anybody <laughs> looking at my ass? I tell you, I have a nice ass every day, baby. You it do. It says more about I, them than it does about you. It does. <laughs> You're just like, dude, I got four kids. I'm a mom. One like, time. what are you doing? <laughs> you have other options. Omar does tell me that daily, and I'm okay with that, but it's only <laughs> Omar. But it's, I love it's your different. body better today than the day we got married 10 years ago. Aww. Aww. Like, that's so sweet. And that's true. That's truth. Anyways, one time when I was, um, <laughs> sorry. That the drool over your wife, you can do it any day. Um, it's acceptable, <laughs> acceptable objectification. One time I went out, and a guy he said to me, like, Okay, you have nice legs, when are you gonna spread them? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, see, and I looked never... at him, and I was on a bar stool, and I just left. <laughs> I didn't know how else to respond, but I that's not okay. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely no, a but line, it was, but right. it was hilarious for, sure. for me because. I was like, what the hell? How is this even possible? So I left in his face and basically fell off the bar stool laughing, which he didn't really appreciate. <laughs> of course not. But <laughs> that's why that's where I was wanting to go. Like, what is acceptable? Like saying nice ass to somebody may or may not be acceptable. But like, where do you draw the line? Do you say, hey, I think you're very attractive? Or I've do said you that before and it's always been I well think- received. People, oh, the ladies are always like, Thank you so much. Yeah, but but nice tits doesn't seem to be as it. as acceptable for some reason. Like, yeah, but, but the here's women the thing. Just here's the thing. It was awkward. Here's the thing. Who are you saying this to, though, Andy? Are you saying this to people that you know that you're on a date with, or some random stranger at a bar? Like, I would think. I don't think it even matters if it's a stranger. Someone saying you're beautiful. It's like. Well, you're oh, beautiful. Like, Wait a minute. You're beautiful is different than nice ass and nice tits. Right. It's very Yeah, different. I've never said that to a stranger before. If if, if a stranger you're tells beautiful. me I'm beautiful, I would I will just okay, thank you. But if someone tells me that I have a nice ass or nice tits, I'm like, "Fuck you. Back off." And like unless it's Omar and before no, o- sometimes she says that to me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's well, let me let me let me add something there. It's always when 
I've like caught eyes with someone and there's been like, she's the server or whatever. And she's like, it's like, dude, they're, she's kind of being really friendly to you. And they're like, whoa, really? Oh, whoa. Okay. You're also an attractive guy. So that helps you. You have that in your favor. Context. And and you're not even black. You're not even black. That's what we talked about. That's what we talked about. If it's an attractive guy, then they get a different response. Exactly. So if it's Renee, they're going to say, fuck off. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Natalie. (laughs) The, no, they'll they'll say they'll say thanks, girly, and they'll go. Oh wait, uh, sir. <laughs> I love you. Renee. I do. Th- I do think the culture thing is huge, even in America. Like the regionally things. Yeah. Yes, we get it, different. Omar. You're culturally huge in the pants. Yes. <laughs> if, if, if 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 you go, thanks, babe. If you go though, like just from like the south, how they would respond and how they think that like women need to be treated, to like the Midwest where there is no like ocean anywhere around so everyone's always covered it or you go to like where the california or even um florida and you have people in bathing suits all the time and people are used to seeing skin it's not as big of a deal for you know a guy to look or comment or you know people or there's not even people aren't even looking because they see it so much it's like an overwhelming there's just skin everywhere but if you dress in a bathing suit and you go to like north dakota all of a sudden, it's like you're going to be objectified. You're going to feel objectified way more because you. You're... That's because it's 12 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, baby, it's cold outside. It's 12 degrees outside. <laughs> I mean, Nip, yeah, I, get what <laughs> I mean, I grew up in the you know Southern California area, like the Los Angeles area, and I can remember you know walking to the mall with a group of friends at like 15, just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt, and having guys like holler out their windows at us. So like. I don't know. I don't know if you would consider it socially acceptable there or if you would just say that people were so used to it there that they didn't respond. But I mean, I don't really remember being creeped out. I mean, we used to joke about like, you know, who's the slowest one who's going to get caught when somebody finally stops to grab one of us. But like, I mean, outside of something like that, like, I guess you just kind of and maybe that's why I have a lot of the mindset I do is because just I grew up in a place where I remember it happening a lot. And so you were also talking about how you actually are positive about whenever guys say they that kind of stuff to you, right? Oh, yeah. Like, stroke my ego a little bit more. I love it. Like, I I can't wait for somebody to tell me how hot I am. Like, th- <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I mean, I know I get that a lot of people would be made uncomfortable. And I guess that's the other side. Like, I mean, somebody has the right to be uncomfortable with something. I don't think we should take it to an extreme, but somebody has the right to be uncomfortable with something. But if somebody tells me I have a nice ass, I'm going to be like, thank you. Have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think background has a lot to do with it as well, like Lena said, because I mean, I know some girls that have had terrible things happen to them and it is a trigger if some guy comes up and hey, nice ass, nice tits, like, and then like Lena's like, thanks. You know, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. We don't know people's past at all and yeah, what yeah. they just came out of. If it's a bad controlling or abusive relationships and stuff like that. So I guess what we're trying to do here at Fade to Gray with anything is just find like, so what's the balance? You know, what's the what's the in between? Because we can't have unrealistic expectations if we're going to, you know, if we want to dress in a way that we get noticed and feel good about ourselves. But then when we get the attention that we want, maybe that's not the attention we want. So maybe that's. But you don't want to tell somebody how to dress. And that's where I don't want to get into this either. Like, oh, well, you can't wear this or that. And so what's the balance? What's the gray area here? Yeah, there's definitely something to having a sensitivity without having to walk on eggshells. And that's really hard in our society today. 
to find that balance because I mean like Elizabeth said there are definitely triggers for people I know people who have had terrible experiences in their past and I in no way would want to hurt them and I know that some of the things that I say and feel about these kind of issues would probably hurt them but I'm not going to throw that in their face you know I'm going to be sensitive to the way they feel and I don't know it's it's a hard issue and I don't I don't I think it's another one of those things where it's just there's no solid answer so all right a guy sees a woman that he's really interested in she's maybe dressed a little casual you know she's showing a little bit how should he approach that and what is acceptable for him to say to her is it necessary to approach her i mean are you trying to like what is your goal in approaching her are you trying to um he good question maybe wants to hook up or just you know talk to her and see if there's chemistry like what should he say I mean, why does it have to be about her ass to connect with her? I mean, you can be very attractive I 100% to agree. Person. I'm just saying this happens a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. So I, I want to know what a guy, if a guy wants to compliment a woman on her appearance, right? What is acceptable for him to say? You've got pretty eyes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> keep it in the and face, also, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, keep it neck up, neck up, neck up. Do you want to become a mother? <laughs> <laughs> No, you ignorant slut. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) It just seems like all of it is so situational. And yes. So on a person by person basis. And so you can't make like a blanket statement. I mean, I can say the way I feel. And so that's the way I feel. I feel like if I go outside and I'm dressed a certain way, then I probably want somebody to say something about it. But that's not true for everybody. And I know that. Right. So I think the thing is really to just know that People are people. They've going through experiences. We don't know what's going on behind the curtain. We don't know what you know goes on when they go home. So we can't. We don't want to change who we are, but we want to make room for everybody. And so I guess we can't force our opinions and things that we say. And I guess, I guess the only thing we really can do is, if we end up crossing a line, be willing to apologize and or listen to the other person without telling them, "No, you're wrong. I can have my opinion." and enforcing what what i think or what we think on anybody you know so i think that's a good healthy place to be yes i agree as a woman kind of (laughs) (laughs) what's your pushback on that no just uh my pushback was on being labeled as a woman oh (laughs) i I think your kids i think your kids would say you're a woman probably and your husband well yeah All right. Well, I guess we'll have to wrap this one up, put a bow on this one. What do you think? What do I think? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, man. It's it's like, yeah, dress the way you want. Um, of course. I, I'm all for that. But, you know, I don't think we should be surprised. Uh, you know, as if, if I was a woman, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said something about something that was so uh, noticeable about my appearance. It be creepy? No. Compliments? Okay. Deal with them as they come and just, you know, like dudes are dumb. Women are better than dudes. Like just, I don't know why women see it as such like a, I understand men are, you know, it's kind of a threat when they say certain things, but we're dumb as hell. Like, I don't know why, you know, people don't, women uh, specifically don't just say like, Wow, that guy was an idiot, and then just go about the day. I, I, I. This is speaking from my white male perspective, but uh, as a father of a daughter, 
I know that when I have to have that conversation with my daughter, I'm going to say, look, you are going to be told like, you're a beautiful girl. You're going to be told all these things. Be strong, brush it off. Don't take it. Like if, if we're going to keep going in this, in this, it's basically going to compound in this culture that we have every single instance of like, Hey, how's it going? You're really cute. It's like red flag. And then it's like, wait, what you it's, you you almost can't have a relationship if we yeah. if we keep going with this if it keeps compounding. So I want to teach my daughter to be strong. Too. Yeah, like with three daughters, I agree. That's a really good point about daughters, Andy. Because I think with with my daughters, that's the thing I want to teach them is like that you don't need those compliments. You know, like so that's the thing too that I I hate to see about like you know, my generation or like the generation right below me. It's just it's like they almost like need that attention. It's like the one thing to to get the compliments and it's nice, okay, be co- be confident in yourself. But it's, it's another thing when you need to have that affirmation by somebody telling you that. And so I just want to hopefully raise my daughters in such a way where they can dress however they want, but they're not doing it because they need to have like compliments from people or the attention they, from anybody, if that yeah. makes any sense. So. Well, and hey, and it's a quick way to grow an Instagram account too, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so. That's how I do it. It's almost a source of currency in, in this uh, in this culture that we have. So it's it's hard to find a middle ground, people. It's hard. Well, let's get another perspective here real quick before we get off here. Seth, if a guy comes up to you and says, nice ass, how does a gay guy respond to that? I would just laugh it off. Really? I, yeah. What if he's really hot? Uh, he's turning he's, red. He's blushing already. I, <laughs> I would feel good. Um, nice but, ass, uh, Seth. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's turning Wait, red again. Why to assume, Omar? Um, no, I I really think it depends, right? Like, I think everything On how comes hot the guy down, is. I, no. I think it also comes down to context, right? So if I'm at my job and a guy's walking down the hallway and says, nice ass, that's going to be a little surprising and not really jive with me great. Right, I'd be like, "Wait, what? No, that you you cannot do that here in this place." But if it's at a gay bar, well, yeah. So it's all about where you're at and your relationship to that person. Yeah. I mean, good point. Good point. the 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 break room at your office could become a gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't the think ba- so. bathrooms. I you know. I have to throw something in here and I appreciate your perspective, Andy, on having a daughter. And as a mom of boys, I think that's the flip side of it is I'm trying to raise two boys who are going to learn how to be respectful of women. Um, My son came home from school and he had said something not very nice to a girl and we had to have a nice long talk about it. And it's super important to me that my boys grow up to be the kind of men who are going to respect women and treat women well. And I think that's the other side of it is that it's not just that we have to treat, teach girls to accept these things because that's how I grew up. You just need to, to learn to deal with it. You need to be strong. But on the other side of it, we need to be teaching our boys. This is not how you behave. Like women are to be respected and to be treated well. And this is not a way to talk to anybody unless they want you to. (laughs) In which case, you probably have a good enough relationship with them to know that they're probably your girlfriend or your wife or whatever. So I think I think that's an important part of the puzzle, too, is is raising up a generation. I mean, I think we already have 
in place a society that's better about saying something when we see people being harassed or bothered. Um, and so we've got that piece down or it's better. So I think if we continue moving forward in this kind of way and raising our kids to be better about it, then we'll be on a better path. Good perspectives, everybody. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That was that great. Was fun. I love it. A lot of fun. Hey, do you guys think we need to hear some segments? Fuck yeah. Welcome to sports. Whoa. Oh, Chad, what are you doing here? Can't you hear the music? That's not aggressive, ear-bleeding music. That's laid-back, hippie, by a beach music. What are you doing? What are you Dude, doing? We're right oh. in the middle of the NFL playoffs. How can you not talk about sports today? We're not here to talk about sports. I'm telling you, we're here to talk about movies that molded. Well, how about we talk about some sports movies then? At least meet in the middle somewhere. You know, Chad, that's really not a bad idea. You know, we can mold the two. Go ahead. Hit it one more time from the top for me. Welcome to sports. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's real good. (laughs) So, so Omar... You being the godfather here that watches a lot of TV. A lot of TV. What, what are some of your I, – I tell you what, why don't we pick some sports categories? We don't want to use all the fade to grade listeners' time up. Why don't we pick a handful of categories, let's rank them all, and then rank our best of all time. It's a great idea. Uh, we'll start and we'll go basketball for the listeners, baseball, boxing, running, hockey, golf, NASCAR football. My favorite basketball movie of all time. There are a lot of good ones out there. I mean, for a couple of honorable mentions, uh, White Men Can't Jump has to be in there with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. That's a good one. That's a good one. A, a sleeper honorable mention, Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. Ooh, that's a good sleeper. I like it. I mean, he turns into a wolf. He comes from being the team dork to the superstar in the league. That's a great movie. I just think of, like, uh, Michael J. Fox on top of the, the roof of the van going through town, like, doing the dance at the prom. Yeah, that's a great movie, man. I, don't, that, I give it to you, man. I think my top basketball movie would have to be Space Jam. <laughs> but there's some other, like, honorable mentions. Maybe, like, uh, I do like White Man Can't Jump, you know, and Above the Rim is also a really good movie. Uh, with Tupac in there. <laughs> That's a good one. My my number one movie though was Hoosiers. Your number one movie is Hoosiers, you said. It's got it's gotta be Hoosiers. I mean that is like the whole So why'd you say White Man Can't Jump? That is my honorable mention, I said. One of my oh. honorable mentions. I had two honorable mentions. <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> moving on let's narrow it down to like one honorable mention no, oh maybe. dude no i won't i won't do that to you go ahead okay well no i mean the baseball category was hands down the toughest one for me mm. it definitely was i i mean a few honorable mentions i'll throw out there the sandlot bull durham major league those <clears throat> i mean major league is one of the top comedy sports movies ever but i mean as far as top baseball movie the reason it's hard to get away from the Bad News Bears and the original and the remake both were awesome with old Billy Bob and the remake. They were, I really think, you look at when that movie was made with Bad News Bears in 1976, 
it literally laid the groundwork for kind of underdog movies, if you think about it, it especially in the sports and the kid sports realm. So many kid movies that revolved around sports honestly happened because of Bad News Bears. I mean, and so there wouldn't be a sandlot without it. Movies that involve sports are pretty much underdog movies. That's true, but Bad News Bears started they, – they particularly started the kid side of it. You didn't you, – you, before 1976, there were no kid sports movies that were like that. Yeah, I wasn't alive yet, so I take your word for it. <laughs> I, I wasn't either. My old guys were not allowed alive either. All right. Yeah, baseball was a hard category for me to pick a talk one into, but I think for a different reason. <laughs> there just wasn't that many to choose from, I felt like. <laughs> I realize it's a very intelligent sport. I get it. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard to have one person move on the field at a time. <laughs> no, no, no. It's something happening with all nine positions. Oh, yeah, time. I'm sure. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, especially in little. It's a, it's uh, a very anyway. intellectual game. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Just don't get it. It's over my head. Um, Sandlot was probably my top one with honorable mention being a league of their own. That's, That's a good one. Those are both really good. I, I thought so. I thought, well, thank you for your thank you for your approval, Mister Baseball Genius. I mean, you got yeah, your league of their own. You got to throw that in there to make the female fans happy. I, I really get. I understand that. It was a good movie with Tom Hanks. You know, Madonna. It was didn't good. Do too bad. You know, so. I showed my daughters that movie as soon as they were of age. Of age, huh? Yeah, because they wouldn't understand it like at five. Man. You know, they had to be a little bit older to understand it. The jokes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some of them you don't want them to understand. So the next category is boxing. And so with the boxing category, we'll say boxing or fighting style movies, martial arts, you know, mixed martial arts, different things like that. So um, what do you have there? Well, I mean, obviously, number one, you just can't get away from Rocky. I mean, that is that is the ultimate of underdog stories. Rocky and one. Rocky one is the one that started it all. I mean, I love all the Rocky movies, but Rocky one, the fact that he lost and Rocky one are tied, I guess it was he tied that right there. That set it apart because he didn't automatically win. So you couldn't predict that. You couldn't predict that ending. Although he did win in every See, other Rocky. I don't like Sylvester Stallone very much at all. Honestly. And I think that for me, that's part of the reason why I don't like the Rocky movies very much, but actually I think, out of all the Rocky movies, Rocky Four is yeah. is my favorite. It's a good gonna, one. I'm gonna have to pick any of them, but I don't really like. Honestly, I'm sorry. Like, I know, like, it's like the theme song. You get all hyped in Philadelphia, run up the stairs, throw your fist up in the air, and like it's like an all-American movie. But I don't know. I just don't get down with it as much as like a lot of people do, and I apologize for that. I know I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for for not liking Rocky. But um, Rocky Four gets some props, but I think you know Creed is better than Rocky. So. But there wouldn't be a Creed without Rocky. I know, but I just think that it's a better. I think it's a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Rocky storyline is great. The storyline is great. I think, like I said, it's like just too much of Sylvester Stallone. Now I will say a couple, two honorable mentions. You know, I always throw in two honorable mentions. The Karate Kid. That's you got it. If you're gonna go with fighting movies. The new the one, right? Sure you mean the- no, 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 no. You can have Jaden Smith or whatever his name is. I like. I gotta have the whole Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita dynamic could not be duplicated. That was a really good, really good dynamic. And then another movie which I you may not have heard of, but it is amazing. Warrior good with movie. Tom Hardy. 
Yeah, it's a good movie. Basically, he plays. Uh, have you seen it yet? Uh, I believe is it the one where he was. Go ahead, tell me. It's his. The, Tom Hardy plays a young son, the youngest son of an alcoholic, and he returns home. Uh, I believe uh, Nick Nolte is his dad. And so he's trained by Nick Nolte for competition in his big mixed martial arts tournament. And then he ends up having to fight his estranged brother. He's a teacher uh, trying to – basically, he's in the tournament so he don't lose his home. So it's quite the, it's quite the storyline. It's pretty good. I, I think I remember seeing it. I don't know if it clearly stuck with me as much as it did with you. But, I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, it's no fight club. Is that a box? It would you call that a boxing movie? I mean, what happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club. I mean, they they were definitely boxing and fighting and like I mean as much. Yeah. As, uh, I mean, and I apologize because like my one of my honorable mentions is definitely not going to be. It's going to be in this along the same lines as Snatch, you know. We <laughs> <laughs> just have a crush on Brad Pitt. That's what I'm, the problem is. I might. I might. I mean, like. <laughs> He is a gorgeous man. I have mad, mad props to Brad Pitt. Just like, He's from my town, you know. I, I didn't know he was from your town. <laughs> All right. So this category, I'm sure, was also hard for you, Chad, the running category. There, it was hard. I mean, you have – and running, too, there's many movies people have never heard of. I feel like I need to go on a whole segment just educating people on running movies out there. But, I mean, Forrest Gump, it's definitely – one of the all-time greatest movies anyway, and to see how running changed Forrest's life, that's, that's got to be the top movie. Uh, but two, you know, my two honorable mentions, McFarland USA with Kevin Costner as the coach. That's a true story about the Latino students he coaches. And they were, I mean, there was like six kids and none of them ever ran. And they end up dominating cross country for years to come in that school district. But one that I'm sure most of this crowd's not heard of Unless they are runners, it's a documentary from 2014 called The Barkley Marathons, The Race That Eats Its Young. And it's, a, it's about a guy in Tennessee, and he basically holds this 120-plus mile race in the middle of the Smoky Mountains. And you run, and he places pages all throughout the woods and the mountains. And you have to collect these pages to actually prove you ran the course. Hmm. And you have, to, you have to run it. It's a 20-plus mile loop you have to run five times. And so basically only like 20 people ever have even completed it. But it's, um, it's quite the, it's a, it's a pretty good story and it'll make you hurt and not want to run just watching it. <laughs> Sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> Sounds interesting. And I'm definitely regretting life decisions and, and going over some of these with you before you did this because because <laughs> Forrest Gump is my top one. And Chad was like, oh, that's a running movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, once you categorized it as a running movie, I had to select it. I mean, come on. Run, Forrest, run. How is it not? I mean, everything that happened in his life that was good happened because he started running. That's true. That's true. My, my original view of Forrest Gump would have been, though, a guy from the South whose life was just changed by people. But you're right, though. I mean, I totally agree. Yeah. You changed my people mindset. Trying, people trying to kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so you ran from him. <laughs> exactly. Kept I mean, you're right, dude. And run, And run. <laughs> you gave me – I already liked Forrest Gump, but I'll, be, I'll give you credit, Omar. You gave me a new perspective on the movie that I actually appreciate more now. Well, thank you for the credit. <laughs> Hockey movies. For me, there's only one that comes to mind, and I've, I've seen a handful. I haven't watched probably as many hockey movies as you have in your Alaska days, 
But the Mighty Ducks has to come in number one for me. That is – are you familiar with that? Definitely. That's my number one too, yeah. Okay. So, okay. so right now, yeah. I have, to, I have to throw a little bone to Chomby here for a second. Did you know they actually renamed that movie for Australia? I they renamed not. it to Ch- Champions is what they call it in Australia, Champions. Hmm. I don't know why they don't want to call it Ducks, but that's – that's, uh, So they don't get the D3 though, the D2 and D3. Well, I heard they actually they released it. I know the UK actually calls it the Mighty Ducks are the champions. They they reflect both titles, but for whatever well, then that, reason, then that, then that ruins the movie before you see it. I know, very true. <laughs> you're like, because the whole thing is you don't know if they're gonna win or not. But if you're the champions before you watch the movie, like they changes the entire perspective of the movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like it to- let's just name all the movies, like all the sports movies, by the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I, you have to ask Chambi if he's seen the champions. <laughs> yeah, the Mighty Ducks is great. Um, the V formation, the flying V. Um, but yeah, the my honorable mention would be, it's called Mystery Alaska. And it's a movie just about like a small town in Alaska that's just yeah. obsessed with hockey. And they get to play the New York Rangers, you know, and just. That's a good one. But the, it was, it's pretty great. Check it out if you get a chance. I have seen it. It's actually really good. It's talking to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Golf movies. What what movies do you choose? I mean, I say movies because I'm sure you have more than one. Well, I mean, really, there's only two that come to mind that I would watch repeatedly: uh, Happy Gilmore and Caddyshack. But I've I've got to go Happy Gilmore number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that movie, dude. And actually, I mean, I would even. That could questionably fall in the hockey category because Happy was a hockey player. That's, so that, that's true. That's true. It very questionably could fall into that category. But when that movie came out in 1996, it, it was in a really good – the late 90s was just a great time for comedy, period. The, that whole SNL era there with Farley and David Spade and those guys, I mean, they, they capitalized on comedy before it became, uh, you know, overwhelmed with political correctness. But yeah, so my favorite golf movie is Happy Gilmore, although I really enjoyed The Legend of Bagger Vance and Caddyshack is a classic. So mm-hmm. uh, got to shout out to classics like Caddyshack. And it's funny because that movie uh, did not do as well as he had hoped uh, when it was released. It actually was looked as almost like a flop. But then kind of like a cult following and picked up more and more and it's actually the outlook looked as like, you know, comedic genius. And they also were very, very high on cocaine the entire movie, like most entire cast. On Happy Gilmore? No, well, I don't know about Happy Gilmore. Caddyshack, <laughs> you're talking about Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack. Race car movie. <laughs> I mean, only one movie comes to mind. I mean, I'm sure you have only the one. one. Dude, I mean, there's other ones out there. You've got, uh, I'm trying to think, man. There's, there's like some old Days of Thunder. One Days of Thunder. There's one from the '80s called Cannonball Run with uh, with Burt Reynolds. It wasn't bad. But Herbie I mean, and the Love Bug. <laughs> if you wanna, if, I mean, you're gonna go that route. Let's go ahead and go with Smokey and the Bandit. Let's throw him in. I mean, why not? I mean, if you're gonna do that, you go with um, the uh, the orange car, Daisy Dukes. Oh, Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the original Dukes of Hazard, though. Not, you can't go with the movie remakes. Those things were ridiculous. I went and saw a Dukes of Hazard museum in Tennessee last year. That was quite interesting. 
But I mean, oh, speaking yes. speaking Cal of Talladega Nights, Talladega Nights, dude, yeah. you can't you can't. There are more quotable lines from Talladega Nights. From I mean, honestly, if you look at the last ten or fifteen years of movies, you will hear that movie quoted. That's got to be probably top five most quoted movies. Come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> yeah, Chip. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm all Jimmy. jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> Oh, I don't the baby Jesus. He's my favorite Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Dear little eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Right. So this last category, I saved it for last on purpose because for me, it was – you say baseball was the hardest category for you. I feel like football was hands down the hardest category for me. Oh, it's tough. It's so tough. many good football movies out there. It's, There's a lot of them. It's very easy to see that football is clearly America's pastime, and nobody cares about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it goes back to that masculinity thing. People love people love masculinity. They do, and football is <laughs> well, extremely masculine. What is your what is your, your masculinity kick here? Is there something you want you want to say today? <laughs> oh, where, where are you recording right now? Is is that a closet? I am in the closet. <laughs> that that <laughs> explains a lot for the, for the listeners. I'm if you're wondering, in the closet. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to, you know, bring a little extra masculinity to the to the show. I mean, right. the news for noobs guys don't like sports, so you we need to bounce it out a little bit. Man, I feel like all ten of our audience doesn't like sports. You know, so. I know, I know. There's not. There's not many of them. There really I'm not isn't. sure really if I like sports anymore. I like talking about like sports as I was growing up. I don't, I don't know about like all the rule changes and where things are going. And the actual That's true. game of football, but football movies are amazing. Um, so I agree. I had a hard time picking my top football movie, but I'd have to say that it is Remember the Titans. You deal with you know like the racial aspect as well as just like the team aspect and how like they just come together and, and Denzel Washington does amazing. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just, and he does amazing in most movies that he's in. And so that is, I would have to agree with you. I mean, it definitely, I agree that it's an awesome movie. I can't agree. It's my favorite football movie, but it's definitely my honorable mention. Uh, that movie really, I think it brought together the audience that it was, that it was showing to. And people, when they saw that movie, they left there feeling united. And I think that's always a good thing. I mean, it, down south, unfortunately, race has always been an issue, and sports really kind of brought people together. Sports is one of the first things that brought the races together. And honestly, that that's um, – if you ask me what I do like about sports, that's one of the things I do. I feel like that's where that – on the field of play, as Denzel said when he was walking out there, it forced everybody to be together, you know. But my favorite – I just can't get away from Rudy. It's Rudy. one of the – I'm not a big crier, and it's it's like it's one of the few – dude, I I like still get a tear in my eye when he walks on the Notre Dame campus. I, I just cannot help it. And dude. talk about underdog movies. That's the Quinn Central underdog movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what's so awesome about Rudy. It, and remember the Titans as well. They both really happen. Now, I will – I got to throw in – you know, I got to have two honorable mentions. We're coming up on the 20-year anniversary here. Matter of fact, January 15th of 1999, the great comedy drama Varsity Blues was released. It was a good movie. I don't, know if I'd go, good I don't know if I'd go great. And I don't know. I mean, there's the best line in the whole movie was, is that a Mountain Me hat? <laughs> mountain Me? Maybe, Maybe not go, now, but after a few beers. 
He goes, I'm going to jail. He gets in the car and drives off. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. You definitely enjoyed that movie. It was okay. It was okay. I mean, I, I, it shouldn't be a top football movie of all time, but it's an entertaining football movie that you can watch over and over again. And you want to give us your last honorable mention that, that you – No, that was it. That was, that was my second honorable mention. I don't want to go with the three. I mean, well, I do got to give props <laughs> to one. <laughs> okay. You probably haven't heard of this one. There's a football movie called Greater from the greatest oh college football. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. <laughs> it is from the greatest. It's a true story. Maybe the greatest walk-on story in college football history besides Rudy. It is called Greater Brandon Burlesworth. He walked on, and then he died horrifically in a car crash like two years later. But it made for a great movie. Uh, the Christian film companies jumped all over it. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is getting worse by the second. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners, if, if this makes sense. I am so sorry that I let him keep going. But, like, but hey, it, if you sure led with Christian movie, then I would have <laughs> Well, no, no, no. It was, not, it, it was not originally made. It's a Razorback <laughs> movie, but it just happens to have a faith message to it. Because Brandon Burlesworth was a very, he's a big Christian guy. And he walked on very fat and out of shape in true Christian fashion. And he, and he made the football team. <laughs> you need All to right. watch it, Omar. Let, let, let's go. It. Let's just leave these people alone now. Yes, you're right. You're right. That's horrible. Let's just give them like. My, my all right. All right. All right. That was our combination movies that motivate me and sports. Fuck yeah! Segment. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Join us next time on Movies That Mold Me as we go over Gladiator. That should be a lot of fun and we'll probably kick off our first movie night with the family of watching Gladiator. Stay tuned for more details on that. Peace. What's going on, Fade to Gray family? This is Chris and I've got some great information for you. Like always, I spent a little too much money for the holidays this year and I'm struggling. But luckily, I met Brian from BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com. He helped me set up a budget, learn how to invest my money, and he even helped me understand my retirement. And they don't just work with individuals. They work with businesses and nonprofits as well. What's awesome is they won't ever cold call you or spam your email. You tell them your needs, hopes, and dreams, and they will provide you with their best options at your convenience. Listeners of Fade to Gray can call 413-977-9967 and ask for Brian, or you can email him directly at brian at bfs-team.com and mention the podcast to receive a free consultation. That's hundreds of dollars in value. Services are available where licensed. Look, you have no excuse not to get your finances in order. Visit BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com and let them remove your financial fears. Nothing's going your way. You've had a bad day. You need to keep it simple. Talk to Scott and Seth and take a deep breath. They're not just gay, they're mental. Hello, this is Seth, as you know, from Fade to Gray. And today I'm going to sit down with my good old friend, Scott. Hey, guys. Scott is a colleague of mine as well as a good friend. We are both licensed social workers in the state of Missouri. And we both uh, recently left a job uh, that we worked at for a while to take a new job uh, with the health insurance company and EAP. 
Employee Assistance Program. There you go. There's that magic word. Mm -hmm. But today, we come together to introduce you to my new segment called Mental. And here at Mental, what we really are going to talk about and focus on is psychological first aid. We want to talk to you about mental fitness as well as mental illness. Both Scott and I uh, are what you might term as a wounded healer. Um, and through our episodes, one of the things we're going to talk about is our own lived experience. And so to get started and kick off our first episode, let me introduce you back to Scott um, as we talk about New Year's resolutions. Hey, guys. Oh, that's sexist. Hey, y'all. <laughs> My roots are from southern Missouri, and I might fall into a southern drawl if that's all right at times. New Year's resolutions really only happen one time a year, and thank God that we are all focused on what can be improved about ourselves and lot, things that need to change in order to make our lives better. Do you have a New Year's resolution, Seth? Oh, I've been really wanting to go back to the gym. That is so corny. That but it's also somewhat true. It is I've true. actually been talking to my friend who's been going to the gym for a while, and he's yeah. been trying to get me to go for like the last two months. And, and? well, I'm always resistant. Mm -hmm. But, you know, <clears throat> my mom's nagging in my ear is starting to push a little bit further, and so I'm thinking about doing it. Okay. You're just thinking about it, though. I mean, I'm... Yeah. I'm willing. Yeah. I, I'm... <laughs> If my friend comes over and says, hey, let's go to the gym, most likely there's a 50-50 <laughs> chance I will go. You, you might go. Are you going to? It's 50-50. Are you going to take popcorn and watch, or are you going to exercise? I, you know, I think for that first time, I might take a little popcorn. But I, I, will, I, will, take, I will take some mm -hmm. sports pants or whatever so I can run on treadmills. You're going to spend that whole time in the sauna. Hey now. Disgusting. Hey, you know. Okay. Yeah, That's the wounded healer part. Yeah. As messy as our conversations might get, Seth's talking about something that's really important. Um, and we've got some real life practical tips that can help people survive New Year's resolution season. Okay. Now, hold up. What do you mean when you say survive? Do you mean accomplish the New Year's resolution or no, not I mean, accomplish the I, resolution? All the way around, it's a hard thing to do. Number one, we're exhausted. We have drank and <laughs> ate and gave each other gifts that we can't afford. And then we drank some more. Like we have lived high on the hog through the holiday season. We're reporting live January 3rd. Things are a little bit different. We're, we're sobering up just a little bit. We're back to reality with work. They asked me to do things today. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> Disturbing. I had to work all day. It was very upsetting. Life kept going while we were drinking and having a great time at Christmas and Hanukkah and all the other holidays. There you go. Mm -hmm. So here we are on New Year's Eve. Many people have decided to take the plunge, make a change, when we are feeling at our utmost worst. And now that they're having withdrawal symptoms, they really want to eat something high in sugar and fat. Uh, they don't want to work out. They really just want to take a little nap. 
So during this time of extreme change, our bodies aren't really ready to make a change. So I, that's the survival part. Yeah. If you make it to the other side, mm-hmm. then you know you really did something. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the issue is getting to the other side. That's right. But I, I want to also know, like, what is yours? Do you have one? I do. Uh, well, let's hear about it. I have to save money. Okay. I own a beautiful home, mm-hmm. but I spend more than I earn. Well, that's a problem. That is a big problem. So I have to take lunch to work. And work has a cafeteria, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I can just buy a hamburger right in the basement, but I have to pre-prepare <laughs> a lunch and then remember to take it to work. That's a lot. I'm thinking about uh, my smoking habit mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I'm making financial moves in order that I can keep the house. Is there a savings account? <laughs> yeah. $3.24. Well, might I say, that, $3. Might be a good place. Yeah. that might be a good place to, to invest as a first start. No. No. No, because I've... <laughs> no. Of course. That's Let's hear about that. Because I've about. got four grand in debt. To oh, Mr. Credit Card. I would do half and half, but I'm not a financial advisor. The important part is that you start making steps, that you start taking actual action. That's right. Is that where you feel that you're at? Are you at action stage? I took my lunch to work today. Well, I would say that's a great first step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's your, you have accomplished more than I have in regards to my exercise goal. I had proof to the pudding. But the smoking, all that other stuff, that's much, much, much more challenging than taking one lunch to work. But I celebrated that. I think ate it at my desk. I didn't know what to do. I might tomorrow go down and see if my badge works for the gym. (laughs) Just to see it. I'm not going to be dressed. I'm not taking clothes to exercise. But just uh, to scope it out. In the corporate heaven that we just moved to, there is a gym facility right beneath you. There is. And it, as a temp, I did not have permission to the gym, so I, I tried to get in and got denied. So I need to try that again. Maybe just seeing the gym will motivate me enough to maybe, you know, exercise there, get a gym membership. Timing. Is this a good time to make large life altering behavior changes? At what time? Like just the beginning of the, the year? The 3rd of January, yeah. 1st of January, 2nd of January. Well, it depends on when you started planning. Mm-mm. Usually yeah. a little bit after Christmas, after you had like two turkey dinners. Yeah. And all those desserts, and then like how much wine? How much wine? Uh, generally around Christmas, people drink quite a bit. Yeah. So we're detoxing from the holidays already. If you have already failed your New Year's resolution... The good news is it wasn't a good idea to do it right at January 1st to begin with. Research shows it's actually better to start your changes at the end of the month. The end of January. More people succeed when they don't put strong behavior change right at the end of the holiday season. Yeah, but see, I think one of the problems with that is that New Year, I mean New Year's, essentially when the year changes, that in and of itself provides the motivation to make the change. That's right. Right? So if we're postponing and we kind of get rid of that, I don't know what's going to motivate people 
enough to make those changes? I have a brilliant answer to that. Let's hear it. How many resolutions do you think were made January 1st, two days ago? I don't, I'm horrible with numbers. A lot. Just say a number, please. <laughs> Six million. Six million. I'm just spitballing here, mm -hmm. but by now, all but one million of those resolutions have been broken. I'm giving people a second chance. Right. America. Well then, but we need something. And then by the end of this weekend, it'll be down to 500,000 resolutions kept. And the people who make it all the way through, God help you. You know what I'm saying? But if you have fallen and you're not doing really well, what I want to talk about is how you can get back up and make a better plan to make that change. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nobody keeps their resolutions. That's the whole joke about it, right? Right. Well, it's, it's kind of a, a wishful thought. Mm -hmm. and, and it's kind of a motivator in and of itself. That's right? right. If I can say, oh, if I were to do this one thing, uh, that would change my life. That's right? right. It would change the, the course, the future of where I'm headed. Um, it's, you know. So let's talk about our mental health concept of the day. All right. That's what this segment's all about. Right. This is Prochaska's Stages of Change. Now, what they studied a long time ago, like the 70s, Seth, um, when people didn't care about safety, um, they were studying why people failed to quit smoking. The nurses, the kind, gentle nurses that are at all the hospitals, mm -hmm. you know these uh, kind, gentle nurses, so they would tell them, you got to quit smoking, and you're going to do it these three ways, and you're just going to do it because your health needs it. Right, and that, that always is a, uh, a great motivator and really leads to efficient change. In that conversation, that person believes that. They say they're going to quit smoking. They take all the brochures. They go home and they get a pack of cigarettes within a short amount of time. What they discovered is that people are at a certain stage of readiness for change. And many people can spitball or talk about making positive changes. We had a funny exchange about you going to the gym. Mm -hmm. I said, are you gonna take popcorn? You said, maybe, yeah, maybe that first time. And then the second time I might, Get on one of those machines. I, well, I gotta scope it out first. That's right. I got. I need to know That's where. Right. Um, you know, especially with those gym memberships, they really put you in on contract deals. That you know, if you sign that dotted you're line, still on the visitors pass. What are you talking about? You're on it for six months. Totally. And and they, I it's happened to me where I I've had to pay for a membership at a gym that I didn't use. Right. Because I and they target the new year and they offer this great totally. package deal. It, oh, it they have a great, scam. Yes, it is. It is a thing out to get your money. So mm -hmm. if you're going to go out and exercise, you need to be smart about it. <laughs> People watch yourselves. Watch you really got to be careful That's because right. you know. I just don't want you. I don't want you losing money. <laughs> I want you healthy. I don't want you poor. It's not mm -hmm. worth it. It's not good for you. Okay. What Seth is talking about right now is the fact that he is thinking about change. Right. He's not changing. Not at this exact He's moment. trying to visualize what that might look like and feel like. In fact, 
when they followed up with all those people trying to quit smoking, they asked him how ready they were for change. And there were five stages. Hmm. Just five? Five. And they added a six. Of course. That's, I mean, how can you have a social science and not evolve a little bit? Pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance. And in the 90s, we added relapse. Well, we had a lot of people who made it through all of those stages. That's right. And then, then they still relapsed. Yeah. I had to go back to start. First thing I want you to notice is that the action was the fourth word I said. It was. That it's people have to actually go through a lot of different stages before they get to that change. Mm -hmm. Pre-contemplation, you're not even thinking about it. Contemplation, that's where you are with your gym goal. Hey, but it, it's at least, at least it's two. It's better than one. Preparation? Yeah. Three whole stages. Now wait. I don't, I don't even know I'm fat. Number two, maybe I'm fat. Maybe I need to go, go to the gym. <laughs> Number three, I'm going to go see if maybe I have a free gym in my own work basement. <laughs> and then you might take an action on it. Right. Where would you put yourself in regards to the financial situation? Are you at action? I took my own short today. Is that more? Is that, gun. is that not more preparation? Because no money is actually being saved. What the hey are you talking about? I made my own dinner last night with enough food that I had enough to take to work today. That was ten dollars and a cup of rice. Okay. Twelve dollars. I saved six dollars today. And that lunch? I'm going to keep this house. And that lunch lady in the basement is so sad. She didn't she know did where not, I was. She did not know where you were. Yesterday. To get the last tater tots. They, they always have to make more. This is made to order. Can you wait five minutes? You bet. Well, that's, you know, really interesting to look at. The, the major change, right? The actual action that we're going to take is, is down the list when we're looking at the stages of change. And that's an important thing to keep in mind. That's right. Right. So if you right now are feeling regret that you didn't keep your news resolution, there's still hope. Right. Your next chance to stop is January 23rd. <laughs> and what happens if it's after January 23rd? Then you pick three more, another date. Okay. You just keep going. Mm -hmm. We got some time. No. We're busy right away. You can only move one stage at a time. You can't go. From, you can't. No, you not. Can't, you can't go from pre-contemplation to change. That's right. No. You're at um, pre-contemplation. No. Yes. No. Contemplation. contemplation. Don't, You're don't, imagining, pre, don't pre me, Scott. You're imagining this magical scenario where a friend yeah. would come by and then take you to the gym. Right. He just got a car, too, so it's really exciting. <laughs> oh, the freedom. The well, freedom. The freedom. Would you even know where to begin to research the smart gym choice for you? No. Well, I have my own um, grading scale, and uh, it's not really based so much on the gym. It's the men in the gym. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. 100%. Yeah, that's kind of one of the, the, uh, the lore, the thing that brings me, attracts me to the gym, mm -hmm. is, is the men, right? But... Uh, that's going to be one of the things I'm looking at. 
So what I heard you say there with that cockamamie answer is that you have no idea where you would begin looking for a gym I'm or starting an exercise plan. I'm going to the gym that my friend goes to because I can get in on a visitor pass for a minute. Mm -hmm. I actually know the answer to your problem, but I'm not telling you. Why is that? Because I think you're in <laughs> contemplation mode mm -hmm. and you're trying to argue that you're in preparation mode, that these things are really happening. I had a conversation with this person yesterday. They are really going to happen. Okay. I shouldn't doubt you. We can follow up on this. I shouldn't doubt In an you. upcoming episode. That would be, that's told, a good, that's a good We can talk about it. And I can prove that I could follow through. I'm going to describe the stages again. All right. And I want you to write down or think, remember, capture in your brain, the stage where you think you're at. Pre-contemplation. Does smoking really hurt people? Really? I don't need to stop smoking. Smoke, they put vitamins in there. Walgreens actually gives me money to smoke. They actually do. <laughs> I like walking outside across the parking lot to smoke. I like that. Okay, so I don't need to stop. Pre-contemplation, there's not even a thought that there's a problem. Second one, contemplation. You know what, maybe this is expensive, maybe. Maybe it's not worth it to get cancer. I don't know. I don't know. It's so hard. I can't stop talking. That's contemplation. You're just having those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Preparation. Well, I'm going to go buy some Nicorette. I'm going to make a doctor's appointment to get on that Chantix. I'm going to do a third thing. You know, I'm going to call the American Lung Association to get free smoking cessation count. Once you do those start making those tiny steps to move forward, you're actually preparing. You're picking a date. You're doing something very concrete about it. And then that quickly moves you into action. And what is action? Gutting through it, getting support. Mm -hmm. And understanding if you make small flips, if you relapse, that's not an opportunity for you to bang yourself in the head and tell you what an awful person you are. That's an opportunity to just get right back on the wagon. And what is maintenance? That's maintenance. Okay. That it actually is work. Those first 23 days of any change is really brutal. Mm -hmm. Your oh, body really feels the difference. Your spirit feels the difference. If you were not strongly rooted in a support system, self-care practice, a way of being that can withstand that, it's too easy to fall back and to relapse. Right. And that's the one thing we, we need to keep in mind, that if we fall, it's okay. Just get back up. That's right. Can I make a plug? Absolutely you can. We work for an employee assistance program. If you work for some corporation here, there, or anywhere, most likely you have a free mental health consultation available to you. If that's not available to you, every county in the nation has a crisis line. And the cool thing about a crisis line is that it doesn't necessarily mean that's where you call just when you're feeling really, really down. The truth of the matter is, is that those crisis lines are typically uh, staffed by either master's level or even licensed level clinicians who are there to help. They can talk with you and talk through things, mm -hmm. you know? They're going to know how to get help. Absolutely. They know the community resources. 
And that is a great first place to start. You know the best way to find community resources? What's that? 211. That is true. Funded by the United Way. That's right. If you need to find a domestic violence situation, addiction help, mental health help, rent assistance, utility assistance. That's right. 211. They're always there. That's the end of my plug for them. Well, sick of it. I just want to thank you so much for coming on today, Scott. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And thank you for tuning in to Mental. I hear you get your news from CNN. All these other fuckers watching Fox News again. Yo, Chris, don't they know that that shit is whack? Hell yeah, Andy, it is a white and black. FG fan, bam, we found another way. There's some noobs, motherfucker, on fade to gray. Welcome back, everybody, to the newest edition of News for Noobs. This is Chris. Hello, this is Andy. And Andy, I got to tell you, man, I am distressed about this whole government shutdown thing. I mean, what is going through Trump's mind? Uh, I think he has it in his head to maybe make 2019 uh, the year that he has the most uh, news scandals. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure that's what he's going to go for this year. 2018 was was pretty outrageous, but I think 2019 is going to be his year. Yeah, I mean, this is the longest government shutdown in history, and it's all about what, in my mind, is the most ridiculous thing, is the damn wall. And why is it ridiculous to you? Just to get a little background on that. It, to me, it just seems like an, a real big waste of money. And how much is the wall? It's like $6 billion. He's asking for $6 billion right now. Okay, so to me, as someone who sees government and sees a lot of the money that government spends... Six, six billion actually doesn't sound like a whole lot. That sounds like maybe two fighter jets. Okay, and, and that's it. But when you're owned by the Chinese, any bit of money that we can save, in my opinion, is good money saved. I don't know. Sure. So let's. I guess we can take a deep dive. I've I've got an article pulled up here, the New York Times article. It's uh what what's affected government shutdown. And if, uh, if the listeners want to pull that up and kind of skim through that article with us, you can do that as well. Okay. So it's starting out. It says the parcel shutdown of the federal government is nearing the end of its third week. If it continues through Saturday, it will become the longest, uh, such shutdown on record. And we know that it has become the longest shutdown on record, which again, I might echo is, is maybe okay. Is maybe okay. Just to, just to see, what we can do without for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually not opposed to shutting down the government for periods of time too, but over a wall, I don't know. And now, now before, before people go and say, you know, you, you hate government workers, you want their families to starve. No, you know, that's not it because this article is actually saying that there's 800 living without pay. And I, I believe people are leaving their jobs. They're actually leaving their jobs, uh, at the government where they have pensions and all that sort of stuff, just because three weeks they're, they're, they're being shut down. So I'm not sure if the government pays that bad. <laughs> Does the government pay that bad that they didn't have three weeks worth of, of, of money saved up? I, I understand they may not have an end in sight, but... Yeah, people work paycheck to paycheck. I guess my question would be, are they not going to get paid in perpetuity? They will. They okay. will. There, there is there is back pay and... and because I'm still paying taxes. Correct. Correct. <laughs> which which was my suggestion, uh, was going to be my suggestion, is that can we get this prorated for my taxes? Do we get a break <laughs> on this? I mean, you guys aren't showing up. You guys aren't working. I'm hoping to get a little bit of a break. I'm hoping maybe at least maybe at least 500 bucks off my taxes. That would be great. 
So it uh, goes on to say, while some essential work, such as mail delivery and law enforcement, is still being performed, the shutdown has affected operations at nine departments, including Homeland Security, Justice, State, and Treasury Departments, several agencies, including the EPA and NASA, which is weird because NASA gets $25 billion a year. Wow, that's quite a bit. $25 billion, and we're shutting all of these things down because, see... That's that's what I I will agree with people uh uh with about about Trump. This is super stupid. Yeah. That you that you're shutting the government down over this. Yeah. Over this. That's the way I feel too. Honestly, I think a good remedy would be for him. Okay. This this sounds a little bit wild, but it would leave uh, such a good imprint on whoever he wants to leave a good imprint on, the evangelicals whatever. He could fund it himself and and also use the money from that Kickstarter account <laughs> that got like what is it two hundred million dollars? I think that guy had to pay all that back though. Oh, did he really? I believe he did. Well, shoot. <laughs> okay, I take that back. So, but it would be hilarious if actually Trump funded it himself. Like, brother, if you feel that strongly, and it's only going to be that it's only going to be that much five six billion. I think you could maybe start a business to pay for that. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you could start another state company. You can come up with something. Yeah. Trump Trump university too. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 it's doable. (laughs) Here's what I think is funny is that the people who are, are mad at him, they're basically saying, can you please get the government back and, and like get this going? Because we want you to fund these programs that we actually cry and, and complain about all the time. The, the police, the military, the all these government programs, uh, everything, and it's they they it's such a two sided coin. It's such a it's such a conundrum because they want it, but they don't want it. Like yeah. they, they hate it at the same time. Well, I mean, it, you know, if it furthers their agenda, they want it, and if it doesn't, they don't. So uh, let's see here. I guess I guess the office of the special counselor, uh, counsel Robert Mueller will also continue its investigation. Oh. So they're still doing the Russia probe <laughs> because it does not rely on congressional action for funding. Yeah. <laughs> so you're using government employees, but apparently it's not funded by the government. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. Let's see. I mean, so so reading reading all these things, are you still feeling, you know, that that the wall is not something we basically need to be we fighting and, and shutting the government down over. Cause I, I think while I, I I've made some points here that the government is pretty crappy and a lot of things that it, that it does. It's like the least efficient thing ever. I think I would actually, you know, I, I would say like, we just don't need to shut the government down for this. And this is, this is what Ben Shapiro would call bad Trump. Bad Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad Trump. You know, what's funny to me is even people on the left are saying, go ahead and give him his wall and get the government working again. And I find that very interesting. Uh, you've got uh, celebrities like Cher uh, who have come out and said, just give him the wall and get the government working again. Like, hmm, someone who would normally say, you know, we would never build a wall that quick. You're going to go ahead and say, build that wall. Yeah. I find that to be pretty hypocritical. Yeah, that that, that is interesting. I, I don't know why they would feel the need to comply with that. Yeah. I, I, that seems like something that they're adamantly against, but it, it is, it is interesting though, because the people who seem to be the the biggest proponent for this stuff are the people who work and live down there. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's funny because I do believe we need border security. Like, I don't think anyone questions that, or at least any sane person questions that you have to have some sort of security at the border. Um, Otherwise, anyone can get in, right? But does it have to be a wall? I think because we have so many troops that are out there and God knows where doing God knows what in other countries, why not bring those people here to the United States, put them on the border, they'll start spending their money here in the United States as opposed to other places, which will help our economy out. We won't have to give them a million dollars a month to run their air conditioner in Iraq or whatever it was. Something ridiculous I read about that one time. Mm -hmm. You know, we can spend all that money here. We don't have to build a damn wall. We employ our own people here, right? I mean, we're not the only country that secures our borders, right? No, we're not. Think about Mexico. They have really strong security at their border, okay? Of course, unless you have 500 pesos, then it becomes really easy to get through. But, mm-hmm. but you know, there has to be a better plan than building a wall. Has to be. I would agree. Uh, so so what would you think? A, a net or a, some sort of... <laughs> <laughs> some sort of a spike strip? I don't know. I, I really feel like the wall uh, might be symbolic to Trump. Um, more than it is an enforcement to keep people out. Um, I think it's more of a symbol of his power. I think it's more of a symbol of keeping America separate. Um, I don't know. That's kind of the way I feel about it. I think he should, okay, just take five or six billion dollars and say, okay, you know what? All right, I give, I give. You know what? If, If he loses his base, whatever, doesn't matter. I give and just put it towards towards basically border security and funding towards those agencies give them better funding that's that that's not a bad plan it's not a terrible plan and it's like i said i think we put troops there too and that they're already paid for so you know we're not spending any more money doing that so i think that that's to me um the thing to do so I'm glad that you and I agree on that. I would disagree on putting the troops there on the border. Oh, really? Even though our our border security has the proper guns, to they have basically the same guns as those as those troops. Those troops are trained to kill. Those troops are trained. Where's the problem, to- Andy? Where's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> That was that was quite a black and white comment on fade to gray. But just hey, we, kidding. We, Come we, on, we, we can joke. We can we like make a little jokes. sarcasm. <laughs> but I I just I don't think that that having the army or some sort of military presence is good. Is good. I just think that having more of our of our already tasked people down there that we have, or just hire more people for that agency. That's all. I mean, I just. I don't think we need Hummers and all that crap down there, dude. It it just it gives it gives a really bad vibe of the U.S. Like we already have a bad enough vibe, and rightfully so. Like I get it, dude. I get it. Yeah. That's why we need to do some damage control right when you come to the border. Like just just not not have a Humvee waiting. You know, U.S. Army, U.S. Army. Uh, stop stop I, I would rather just get stopped at the border and you know patted down that whole deal because that's that's much more normal I think the more important thing that we should be talking about is uh, immigration reform right because I think if we if we did that we may not even be talking about border security yeah border security the walls five or six billion dollars in a big orange head <laughs>
And I guess on that note, that'll wrap it up on News for News. We hope you guys have enjoyed uh, the conversation. The government shutdown hopefully will not be affecting you or your loved ones. Hopefully, if you're headed out on a vacation or going to a national park soon, you can enjoy it. But if you pack it in, pack it out. (laughs) And hopefully, if anybody wants to join the conversation, they'll come over to Marco Polo and have the discussion with us. Please, please come to Marco Polo. We would love to see you on there. FTG family, if you would like to get access to that, Hit us up on the, the DMs on uh, Instagram. Get us on Facebook. We would love to add you to that and join the conversation. Cool. Peace. News for noobs. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.